Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Teresa, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I know that I've shared a little bit about your background, but share with our listeners today where you started and how you ended where you're at today. Wow, that could take the whole podcast in, you know, but we'll start with the quick version. I worked with one organization for 30 years. I worked for the YMCA. If you know anything about the Y, it's a nonprofit. Even though I say I worked for one organization, I was in three different cities and states, three different board of directors, three different sets of members, board, staff, but felt like three different jobs throughout the years. But I retired as the CEO of the Y. In 2018, I decided I was done and I wanted to try this thing called entrepreneurship. I hired a business coach for a year and started my own consulting business. And here we are. That's a big jump to be working for a corporate and leading in a big, well-known organization. How did you determine this is the time to make that leap into entrepreneurship? Because that's a very different skill set, I would say, to have. It's a different approach to the business. And there's a lot of risk involved with it as well. There's a lot of risk involved. Absolutely. And it is very different. I joke that I no longer have people. There's only me. I'm the only one. I'm the marketing department and I'm the customer service department and I'm all of the above, the administrative department, all of the finance department, all of those. That has been a big shift for me to understand that everything that gets done comes through me. Although I have hired contractors now, I have two or three contractors and just hired a virtual assistant, but I decided that I didn't want to move again. And I'd been in the same why as the CEO for 10 years. And running a nonprofit is not for the faint of heart. There's a lot of fundraising involved, which I loved for the majority of my career. But I really became tired of raising money all the time. And so it wasn't fair to the organization. I had been with the Y for 30 years, so I had a retirement. So my risk of jumping out wasn't as great as someone that knows they don't have a paycheck coming in. I do have a retirement coming in. Oh, it's not what I was used to making. And plus, I still wanted to work. I wasn't ready to sit in the rocking chair, although I have several grandchildren, but I still want to work and bring in money to my household. But primarily, I didn't want to move again for that new excitement. I had moved every 10 years and I'm in Florida. Everybody's trying to retire to Florida <laughs> and my family's all close by. So I just hired a business coach and said, this is what I'm thinking. I didn't tell anybody other than my husband. And it took me two years to actually make the jump. But I spent a lot of time planning a business plan, a finance plan, developing a website, all of the things that you have to do in order to start your own business. But it's been five years, almost five years. And I say sometimes that I wish I'd done it sooner because I love it. But timing is everything. So I did it when it was right for me. But I absolutely love being an entrepreneur. And now I've got the podcast, I've got the consulting business, I have a women's membership organization, I do a women's leadership conference once a year, 
just moved into all these different avenues that still pivot around the same concept. Now, you've had the opportunity to lead several people throughout your years. I was looking at your bio and it was up to about a thousand people when you were with the YMCA. How might one discover whether they're going to be working in corporate or whether they're going to be going out on their own? How might one discover, how can I understand what my strengths are so that I can be applying it towards that next step and that next phase in my career, whether it's to go for a promotion or even to branch out on your own? Or change jobs. Sometimes people have no desire to be an entrepreneur, but they want to change industries or change jobs. Early on in my career, I had a CEO that he had five people that reported directly to him. And those five people had been with him anywhere from three to 10 years. Underneath that level, we were having turnover. He decided to hire a consultant that was certified in Gallup Strength Finders. That's what it was called at the time. Now it's just Gallup Strength. And we went on a three-day retreat. We did the assessment. We learned not only about ourselves, but about each other. That's been 25 years ago. And all of us are still connected. We really got to know each other professionally and personally. And then we were able to hire people to fit into our culture. Not that we want to hire people that are just like us. That's very different than hiring people that fit within your culture. Diversity of thought is what I call it. From that point on, when I became a leader and my own CEO, I did a behavioral assessment on everybody I hired or all employees I inherited at a certain level and above because I wanted them to know what makes them tick and I wanted to know. And it really helped figure out if they were in the right industry or if they were in the right job. Maybe they were in the right industry. I just had them in the wrong job because your strengths, whether it's Gallup Strengths, DISC, Myers-Briggs, it doesn't matter. There's a million of them. But knowing how you naturally act, think, feel, and behave helps you decide where you're going to be a better fit in your job. You and I, before we had jumped up, we had talked about some of the different personality assessments that we've taken over the years, as well as the ones that we're certified in as well. And you've probably experienced this as well, where When I'm doing trainings with an organization and we're doing personality assessment, whether it's DISC or whether it's Insight Colors, Strength Finders, what I found is it's been extremely helpful, not only for that one person who's navigating through building their individual development plan and looking at where they want their long-term goals for their career. In addition, it helps with collaboration and teamwork because when you're able to understand how you communicate, how other people on your team communicate, you're able to do what I call communication style flexing, where you're flexing your style of communication for the other individual. And I know, for example, that there were some people on my team where they were very detailed and they wanted the specifics. Anytime that there was going to be a change going on, they wanted all the details. And so that I knew for that particular person, I would go into much more detail versus somebody that's a little bit more of a direct personality. They may not want all the details. They may want just the big picture. And being able to flex your style of communication has helped when it comes to conflict resolution, when it comes to communication, as well as understanding and identifying and building an individual development plan to get you to where you want to go in your career. Absolutely. What I do in my consulting business is primarily work with teams doing just what you said, Danielle. 
And my tagline is, when you learn about yourself and others, you communicate better. And when you communicate better, you're more productive. When you come in with any type of assessment, with a certified coach and an assessment, and you learn what makes you tick and what makes your team members tick, you're going to improve your communication as you described, which ultimately improves your productivity. I always tell the teams I'm working with, if I'm working on a project with someone, my number one strength is achiever. If I'm working on a project with somebody that say their number one strength is analytical, and I just want to get to the finish line. Well, the analytical person wants to dot every T or I and cross every T. If I don't know that about them and they don't know I'm an achiever, we're going to take it personal when we get upset with each other. I'm going to say, well, she just doesn't want to do it. She can't get to the finish line for getting bogged down in details. And she's thinking, well, Teresa just wants to finish it so she can check it off her list. She doesn't care if it's right or wrong. I always lead with my group saying, this is not personal. It's how we think, act, feel, and behave. And it's different for each of us. The other piece of that is knowing what your top strengths or your disc is, whatever it is, and how that plays out when you're under stress. When you are under stress, and I'll use myself as an example, as an achiever, that sounds really good. Teresa's achiever, pat yourself on the back, I'm going to get the job done. When I'm under stress and I have a deadline to achieve, I'm going to get the job done no matter what. But then I look behind me and there might be a lot of dead bodies because I just stepped over everybody to make it happen then it becomes not so good. And the higher you move up in your career, the more important it is for you to know the strengths or the personality or the behaviors of the people around you. I didn't need five achievers reporting to me or the teams underneath were not going to be successful. I needed those analytical people so that when I met the deadline, what I turned in to my boss was right. Not just done, but done correctly with all the research. It's important in building your team and working with your team. And communication is the number one thing. If you go into a business, number one problem is always communication. This is somewhat of an answer to that. I like how you brought up, we call them those potential liabilities, because it's just as important to understand your strengths as much as it is to understand what those liabilities are when you're under stress what could possibly come out? And for those that are high achievers, often we'll just get things done, we'll miss out the details. And on the flip side, those that lead with very of an analytical type personality, sometimes they have a hard time getting to the finish line because they get so caught up in the weeds that they have analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis, exactly. And so really understanding our strengths, when we're under stress, what might come out? People that are tend to be very direct. Sometimes when they're under stress, they can come across of abrasive and yep. short, yep. sometimes a little too assertive, but also understanding if you know that about your boss and you're saying, gosh, he or she just really became short with me. Oh, I wonder if they're under a lot of stress. Maybe this might be an opportunity for me to ask them, how are you? What right. do you help with? What can I do? Right. Because like you said, the more that we understand each other, the better we can communicate and collaborate together and moving towards that common goal. 
Absolutely. Whenever I go into a company, if the person that is hiring me, which is normally somebody in the C-suite, CEO, chief operating officer, sometimes the HR, whatever team I'm working with, the highest person in that group on the hierarchy, if you will, has to take the assessment first and meet with me individually. And if they refuse to do that, I won't work with them. Because you can't just say, oh, I'm going to do this assessment on my team to help them. If you're leading the team, they need to know all about you as well. Because when I send an email to one of my employees, I need this done by five o'clock and there's no hello, how are you or have a nice weekend. They're thinking, oh my gosh, she's mad with me. No, I'm not mad. I just am trying to get something done and get it off my plate. It's not personal. But I also have to know everybody is not that direct or that high achieving, which again, sounds good, but it's not always. I need to stop and say, okay, the person I'm communicating with is more analytical or more of a relator. They're more warm and fuzzy than my personality. I have to take time to have the small talk and go through the office and ask how the weekend was or how's Johnny's soccer game or whatever it might be. I have to mentally do that. And it's not that I don't care about the people. It's just that the job is first and foremost in getting things done. But everybody that works with me or around me is not that way. I need to adapt to how I communicate with them if I want to have a good working relationship. If you're the boss, you can do what you want. But ultimately, if you're not adapting to your employee's style, they're not going to stay with you long because it's just not going to be a good fit. Absolutely. And I would say too, as you're saying that I'm never going to ask my team to do something that I won't do myself. And so I'm really glad that you brought up that point about how important it is that the leader is the one that is taking the personality assessment first and foremost, and then having everybody on the team taking it as well and sharing those results. I think that's a really fun exercise when I'm working with organizations and I come in and we do personality assessments. It's fun to share the results. And there's been times where we've acted out and role played right. each other, yeah. which is really funny. They get into it and it's quite entertaining when we do that as well. And also understanding there's also personality assessments when it comes to how we feel valued and appreciated. And I know that there's a book by Dr. Gary Chapman and he talks about the five languages of appreciation right. in the workplace. Yeah. I've yeah. done an episode specifically on that earlier. Yeah. I want to say in 2021. But that was extremely valuable when I was leading my team because I was able to understand this particular person values being recognized and not only recognized with words of affirmation, but they liked it on the main stage. They liked it when it was over conference calls. They liked other people to hear it versus there's some people on my team that would be mortified if they were put on stage and recognized. They cared more about maybe receiving a handwritten card or maybe it was even a gift card because receiving gifts was their language of appreciation. But as leaders, it's so important that we understand everybody on our team, what their communication style is, the personality, what their pet peeves are, how they feel valued so that we can truly be the best leaders that we can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And when you use the Gallup strengths, we call those motivators. We can do motivators and values, but the motivators is what I do with groups. And there's like a list of 40 things that motivate people and they narrow that down to their top five. 
And you're exactly right. Some of them want to win a trip to Hawaii. Some of them want to be recognized with their family. Some of them want coffee with the CEO. Some of them just want a simple thank you. But you really find out what motivates each person that works with you. And then, you know, that I'm not a believer and you treat everybody the same way. Obviously, there's HR rules and there's all those things that we're not talking about. But you have to treat people as they want to be treated, not as we want to be treated. How will they best respond? And they're going to best respond when you converse with them in their language. It really is that simple. But to do that, you have to know their language. My favorite is when I go into a group and somebody says, oh, I don't think that's me. And then we'll go over it and their peers will say, oh, but what about the day you did this? Or you said this? Or, oh, yes, that is you. And by the end of it, they're like, oh, geez, okay, that really is me. I really do do that. So that's always my favorite. Or I tell them to take it home and give it to, if they have teenage children, give their report to a teenage child who will be brutally honest with you or to a spouse or significant other. And more often than not, they come back and say, well, yeah, I guess that really is me. It just makes sense. It just, the more we know about somebody, the better we communicate with them. Are you feeling burnt out and overwhelmed? Want to advance your career or find a new job? Maybe you want to build an impactful and profitable business. I left a highly successful Fortune 500 sales career to help people develop the grit, resilience, and courage necessary to thrive in a complex and changing market. In the show notes, you will find free workbooks with tips and strategies for attracting your dream job, advancing your career, preventing burnout, and building a business. Take advantage of your free workbook by downloading it now. Now, what might you recommend for somebody, maybe their organization doesn't do personality assessments. What might you recommend for an individual, whether they're working in corporate or even as an own entrepreneur, because this is important if you are an entrepreneur as well to understand how you're communicating with maybe your customers. Absolutely. What recommendations do you have for those individuals to take these? You can literally, Danielle, Google DISC or strengths or any personality assessment you've heard of or behavioral assessment. And almost all of them have a way for you to take it right online. My advice, though, is not to just take it and read your report. You need to work with somebody that is certified, or in the case of strengths, there are several books that were written by, I think it's Tom Rath, but anyway, by the author and the founder of Strength. Because just the report doesn't dig in well enough for you to truly understand it. And I know I will do individual assessments for a reasonable price. And most people will. Most people that are certified in strengths or this or any of the others will do an assessment for you for under summer as much as $500, summer as little as $100. But that's my advice is to take it, but get somebody that knows what they're doing to help you analyze it. When I work with entrepreneurs or people that are trying to change careers, it's the very first thing I do. Very first session, we do an assessment. And I would also add too, I know that a lot of books, the first time I took Strength Finders, I read the book First Break All the Rules by Marcus Buckingham. Yeah, right. And it came with the promo code in the, code. the book. Yep. yep. I have it right back there. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was one of my first books that I read as a leader. And that came with the promo code. There's Emotional Intelligence 2.0 that if you purchase that book, it comes with the promo code to take the assessment. Or as you said, you can go to just Google DISC assessment. I I agree with you 100% that it's extremely important that not only when you take the assessment, to have somebody who is certified, who can walk you through what that truly means and how to utilize these strengths to advance your career and to help you in life and win your communication. And also how to start to understand other personalities, whether they take the assessment or not, so that you can better communicate with other people, especially if you're in sales. I would know that when I would do co-travels with people on my team, I'd say, let's talk about what personality do you think that they are? And what do you think that? What's led to your conclusion on that? And it would help us change our style of sales approach depending on what was the personality that we thought that that individual was. Absolutely. It's so important in sales. And as you go through it, you start to pick up on what people are. When you really study any of the behavioral assessments, you start to say, oh, based on what they're saying or sometimes what they're wearing or how they're acting, they're probably this. And more often than not, you're going to be close. You're going to be close enough to know how to approach that person. Somebody comes to me and with a manual this thick, trying to sell me something and they want an hour of my time. My eyes are glazed over after five minutes. Tell me what you got. Leave the material with me. Tell me the price and why I need it and move on. But I have friends that they want the manual and they're going to read the manual. But knowing that ahead of time is incredibly important if you're in sales of any kind. And we're all in sales, quite frankly. I do believe we're all in sales because even if you're in customer service, your role is to retain the customers and your role is to service the customers. So no matter what, we are all in one way, shape or form in sales. Always. For some reason, we don't want to put the name on it. Always. And even with your peers, if you're working on a project, you're trying to convince someone to do it your way. They're trying to convince you to do it their way. At the end of the day, we're all trying to convince each other, this is how we need to do it. If we know about that person, we're going to save a lot of time, Mm -hmm. a lot of time in trying to guess or getting upset or taking it personal. What I'm hearing from you today is if you are leading a team, absolutely ensure that you're taking that step and understanding the personalities of each member on your team, implement in taking personality assessments, hire somebody who's certified in these different various personalities. It's going to improve the collaboration, the communication, the teamwork, the productivity amongst your team. And for individuals, Also, understanding your personality is going to help you identify what your individual strengths are. So then you can pivot and maybe go for certain promotions that might be really aligned with your personality and also might help you identify what are your strengths and hone in on those particular areas within your business. And the other ones, maybe you're going to outsource those particular steps. Um, I know... Accounting is not one of my fortes and what I enjoy doing. So I outsource that particular part of my business, but I love marketing. I do all my own marketing as an entrepreneur. And as you said, as entrepreneurs, we wear many business hats. What other advice do you want to leave our listeners with when they're listening today and they're looking at, okay, I really want to understand what my strengths are, especially going into 2023 and achieving their goals. The other thing that I find very important, especially if you're an entrepreneur, is surrounding yourself with other people that will be honest with you. 
I call it my personal board of directors. And these are not necessarily your best friends. These are people that may not be in your social circle, but they're people you can call upon for business advice. They're people you admire. And nobody that I've ever called has refused to have a cup of coffee as I say, I'd like to ask your advice on something. People like to give their advice. Let's say you do one of these assessments and you think maybe that's not, you don't totally think that's how you act. When you have that personal board of directors, you have people that you can go to and ask that are not just your friends that are going to agree with you all the time, but four or five people that you can go to for good, sound, honest advice. And whether you're an entrepreneur or not, I've always had a personal board of directors, even in corporate America. But as an entrepreneur, it's even more important. Find out all you can about yourself and then surround yourself with people that will be honest with you for on those hard questions. Excellent. In fact, I'm meeting with my individual personal board of directors, like the name that you put on that. Today, I actually meet with her once a month. We have a mutual friend that we know who's also been a guest on my podcast. And we meet once a month and we talk and share ideas and what's working in our business and what may not be. And also having that accountability aspect. Hey, the last time we had this particular call, we talked about taking XYZ steps to get to where we want to go. Very important. Mm -hmm. Very important to have those accountability. I have a small mastermind group and it makes all the difference in the world. And knowing that this is what I said I was going to do. And when we meet next month, did I do it? And if I didn't, why? Surrounding yourself with other people and just being a lifelong learner. You're never too old to keep learning and to stay relevant Mm -hmm. in your business. You don't ever know it all, especially in the world we live in right now. As much as we think that we may know it all, the reality is, is the world is constantly changing and it's evolving and we're adapting through every new phase of it. Right. Especially now, post-COVID, the whole hybrid thing, we could have a whole conversation just about the hybrid workforce. That's the biggest question I'm being asked now with my companies is, how does this work? How does this look? What's the best way to do it? What's not the best way? We're all figuring that out as we go Mm -hmm. because it's here to stay. Yes, it is here to stay. And I'm happy to see that a lot of organizations are adopting more of that hybrid type work because it is challenging. We all have lives outside of work. And when a kid gets sick or you've got doctor's appointments and you're having to take time off work, it's so nice to say, well, I'm going to work from home today. And the hour or two hours that I would have spent on the road driving to my work, I could go run to that doctor's appointment and then come back. And what they've right. actually found is people that work from home are actually highly productive, sometimes even almost have a hard time shutting it off right? when they're right. working from home. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also important to stay on topic that when we're working remotely, it's even more important that we are intentional about getting to know our peers because it doesn't just organically happen over the water cooler anymore. But to have these type of team building things is a way to keep your team cohesive, even if they're not coming in the office all at the same time on the same days. It becomes more important to be very intentional about how we keep this group acting as a team. Because even if you're working remotely, you're not alone on an island. You're still part of a team. Very true. 
Thank you so much for joining today. You've shared so much valuable information and really what's resonating through our conversation is no matter if you're leading a team or you're looking to advance your career within yourself, whether it's in corporate or as a business owner, take the time to understand and really understand your personality type and understanding your strengths because that's going to help you in the long run when it comes to communication and as well as with growing your business. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And for those of you listening, I invite you, if you're looking to take that next step in your career or you're looking to start a business, I do have two workbooks that are available that I'll include in links in the show notes where you can download those workbooks with actionable steps to take your career to that next level. Thank you for tuning in and create an intentional day. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.